Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast, a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Hola, hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Wine and Cheese My Podcast. So this is a solo episode. And if you know me, you know I'm not a fan of the solo episodes. But sometimes it's important to do those types of episodes. So here we are. And before we get into the cheese me, I always start with the wine. And while I find it totally appropriate to share that I had an amazing experience at RGNY Wines in the North Fork of Long Island, New York. I've worked with them for a virtual wine tasting in November of 2021, but I knew I absolutely could not pass up an opportunity to visit their winery while I was in New York. And let me tell you, man, they did not disappoint. I met with their marketing person, Amanda, and she gave me a tour of the grounds, I even got to taste some of the grapes straight off the vine. And my favorite was Merlot. It was sweet. It was tangy. It was perfect. I was like, I need this wine from these grapes. But obviously they haven't been harvested yet. So that'll be a minute. I was actually also able to taste a lot of wine and came home with a bottle of their 100% Cabernet Franc. And I never had 100% Cabernet Franc. And let me tell you all, I am obsessed with it. It is so good and so smooth. It didn't have, you know, sometimes those wines have a very strong alcohol content. This one was very light. It just, oh my gosh, I can't even describe it. I'm just saying, if you have the opportunity, please run, don't walk your fingers to rgnywines.com and get yourself some Cabernet Franc or any of the wines, but it was so good. I really wish I could have brought home multiple bottles but I was only able to bring home one. So that's what I'm drinking today. Please make sure to go check them out. And if you're nearby, if you're in New York, if you're visiting New York, go visit them and tell them the wine and cheese mess sent you. So if you haven't guessed this by the name of the episode and by me talking about RGNY wines, this episode is about New York, about my recent trip to New York because I recently took my oldest nephew to New York City as a gift for his high school graduation. Now, I know some people will probably think, well, why did you take him on a trip? He is supposed to graduate high school. My answer is, why not? I know I don't have to explain my decision, but since I'm doing this podcast on my trip to New York City, there's a lot that's pertinent to this whole thing. So I'm going to explain. 
I'm going to shed a little light on how I grew up. I actually grew up in a very middle-class family. We traveled a little bit, but mostly it was trips within the state, going to Baja. So we'd go to like TJ, Rosarito, Puerto Nuevo, stuff like that. Obvio, porque we lived in San Diego and lots of trips to Vegas. And that might sound really weird of growing up going to Vegas, but my parents love their slap machines and every family vacation would end in Vegas. We would stay at the Circus Circus or the Imperial Palace, which I think Imperial Palace is not even there no, but there anymore, but who knows. And my parents would give me money to take care of my sisters and we would play at, at all of the games around Circus Circus while they would play the slots. They would tell us to meet at a certain time. We would meet them, have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and then we would go play again and they would go play the slots. It was just, you know, that's how we went. That's how we rolled back then. So middle class, definitely not rich and definitely not privileged. Although I know there was a amount of privilege that we received because most of us are all lighter complected, but that is for a different episode. You know, I don't shy away from discussing that. The only time we actually had like some real travel was when we went to the U.S. Virgin Islands, went to St. Croix for two, for a couple of weeks, for two summers in a row when I was in elementary school. And the only reason now you might be like, oh my gosh, you didn't travel. Okay, let me explain. (laughs) The only reason that we went is because my Theo lived there. He worked for the unions and that's where they had put him. And so we didn't have to pay for a hotel. We didn't eat out much. We bought groceries because we were in their house to keep costs down. So I promise you, if my Theo did not live in the Virgin Islands, we would have never gone to the Virgin Islands. And then the first time we started traveling, and it wasn't even my entire family. It was parts of us because me and my sister used to play travel softball, me and my youngest sister. So If we were at the same tournament, it was me, my mom, my youngest sister. My middle sister and my dad tended to stay home. My dad had to work. My sister didn't like the travel, so she would stay home with my dad and apparently be pampered and all of these things because it was just those two. And then sometimes I would have to travel with different families because if me and my sister weren't at the same tournaments, my mom would stay with my sister and then I would have to travel with different families. So we went to like Colorado, Arizona, across New Mexico, playing softball. So it wasn't really ideal for family time. But I think my first real time traveling where I actually did start to travel was when I moved by myself to Dallas. Because Dallas is pretty much halfway to anywhere. And you know your girl wants to go everywhere. But I still have so, 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 so many places to go. So you and you get the gist. We weren't wealthy. We didn't have means to gallivant across the country or even go to another country outside of Mexico, inside of Asada Baja. But even the times that my parents got to go, so they actually went one year to Portugal and one year to Italy. It was for a work trip for my dad and it was all expenses paid and there were no kids allowed. So we didn't get to go. And guess what? I still have not been to Europe and that makes me sad so much. And this is going to change. Like next year, this is going to change. It, I just cannot continue. <laughs> Your girl cannot be a, such a wine lover and not be not have traveled to Europe. This is ridiculous. So again, you get the gist. We, we weren't wealthy, but you know, 
ultimately, everybody wants to do more for their kids, right? In my case, I don't have kids. So it's my nephew, my nephews, not just my nephew, excuse me. So let me kind of share a little bit about my relationship with my nephews. And when I say my nephews, it kind of include like, it's really my relationship with my family, myself, and my nephews. I am Tia J to four amazing young men who I would literally die for. For so many years, I lived in Dallas while they live in Oregon. And I tried to see my sister and my nephews as much as possible. And that often meant like I would either have to travel to Oregon because there was no way that a family of six was going to just travel just to come see me in Dallas. But most of the time that meant meeting them at my parents' house back here in California. And the kicker was always this. I never was making that great of money. So I always felt so insufficient in what I could do for them for their birthdays and Christmas, which is usually when I saw them around Christmas. And I'm sure so many of you can relate to that. And I'm sure some of you can't, and that's okay. But you know, I struggled. And when I saw my sis, my youngest sister, not only become a nurse, but become a nurse practitioner, and then she's making like really, really stupid money, I shamed myself so hard for that. The shame of not being enough was amplified beyond belief. Wasn't I the oldest supposed to be more? Do more? What's wrong with me that I continue to struggle and claw through life? And look, I know my sister had nothing to do with this. This is all me and how I perceived myself. And I would go from okay paying job to okay paying job, maybe something that paid a little bit more, but it was just still okay paying to okay paying, but never really being in a position to save much. I was always living paycheck to paycheck. And although I feel like people perceived me as being really confident and successful, honestly, that's not how I felt at all. I felt like my parents weren't proud of me. I felt like such a failure. If something was happening, I I felt like I couldn't share it because I was going to destroy this image that people had of me. And I, when I finally made the decision to move to Calif- back to California, it wasn't a hard one, but it also wasn't an easy one because I loved Dallas. I loved my friends, but my heart was always in California. And not just California, but back here in San Diego. This is home. So in January of 2017, I packed up my things and my friend Sandra got in the car with me and drove with me from Dallas back to California, back into my parents' house, starting all over again. Now, starting all over again when you're 20, starting over, not over again, but starting over when you're 21 isn't hard. But when you're on the verge of being 40, it is the scariest fucking thing. I lived out of California for 15 years. Friends were married, friends had kids, and I didn't grow up in Orange County and that's where my parents lived. So to be moved back home in Orange County and not really have any friends was unbelievably difficult. It was just honestly, positively hard as hell. I had contract jobs. I was able to get a contract, a few contract jobs that were temporary, but I could never find a permanent full-time job, which was so frustrating. It literally took probably over a year and a half to find a permanent position, maybe two years. I don't know if it was a long time, y'all. And I had contract jobs 
And finally, I get this permanent position. And within months, I knew it was not the right position. I was so miserable. And I had actually found an apartment because I was like, well, you know, I don't want to be at my parents' house. I need to find an apartment. I had found an apartment. And then a week later, they brought me into the office. And they said, Jessica, you're just not a good fit for our organization. And I looked at the ladies that were looking at me and I just said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I am so not a fit here. You guys are so not my vibe. You know, when you find a place where you don't fit, you know. And these people, this organization was so stuffy and so... Like literally, they literally would, if they could chain you to the desk, they probably would. And it just, it was not a fit. So I felt nothing but relief. And also I was terrified. I just put down a deposit on a new apartment. And here's where I know the universe and God was looking after me. I get a call from the apartment and they said, the apartment that you wanted actually does not, it actually has carpet. We thought it was hardwood, but it has carpet because I have a dog and I don't want carpet in my, I don't care about it in the room, but in the living room areas, I would rather not. And they said, it has carpet. We have another one that it's an older model. It hasn't been updated, but it's hardwood. Or you can get your deposit back. I had just been laid off. Like, a cup, like a day before, might have even been the same day. It, within a couple of days, I will definitely say that. Talk about the universe looking out. I obviously had no hesitation and I was like, no, I'll take the deposit back. It's fine. So I didn't even have to break a lease. I got my money, I got my deposit back, and I'm starting to look for a job. I was really convinced I was going to have to move back to Dallas. Even my dad had said, you know, Miha, maybe you should look back. At Dallas because you were doing good there. Him not knowing all of the struggles that I actually had because I would hide those from my parents. As the oldest, how many of us would hide our struggles because we're supposed to be strong? We're supposed to know better. We're supposed to lead in the family. But a week later, I get a phone call saying, hey, there's this position in San Diego that we need um, we would love to send over your resume. They didn't even interview me. They saw my resume and there was, it was supposed to be a temporary position. And I was like, okay, fine. I will take it. I thought it was going to be for one month only. That's what they told me. It was a month. And I was like, all right, well, I'll take this position and I will use this money and move back to Dallas. And within that month, they started talking about other projects or like the, the vastness of this project that I was working on. And I was like, mm, this is not a month. And when they said, oh no, we have a lot more work. I was like, well, then I need to move, move to San Diego. And I negotiated a pay raise. And I was there for the next two and a half years until August of 2021, when they finally could no longer afford me with everything happening with the pandemic. Again, the universe, God, they had a plan. It has a plan and it, and it knew where I was going even when I didn't know. And let me tell you, when I was in Dallas and I was like thinking of, of being back in San Diego, here are a few things that I always said I was gonna, that was going to happen. 
I wanted to be back in San Diego. I grew up outside of San Diego in a suburb of San Diego, but I was like, no, I want to be in the city center. This is how much I want to pay. And I'm not kidding. Everything that I wanted, I got. I put it out there. I manifested it without even knowing because I was saying it, I was thinking it, and I believed it so. So although, (laughs) and I know I've kind of digressed, but this is really, truly all pertinent because although I am not making the stupid money my youngest sister makes, I have worked a lot and I've worked very hard on me and on my relationships and finding my strengths in my relationships with my family, with myself, with my career. And when it came to my strengths with my relationships, I knew it was going, it was experiences. Because even though I've never made the most money in my family, or maybe at one point, I uh, no, I probably, no, I didn't. <laughs> let's be real. I like to think that I will be. Let's, let's put it out there. I will be for sure. Um, or among my friends, I love spending time with them and try to do things that money can't buy, but will always remain in their memories. So, and when I say that, I'm kind of lying because obviously money is part of that, but here's what I mean. I would much rather spend money on a trip than an object. I want to give my nephews things that they will remember their entire lives, not something they'll eventually grow out of or lose or throw away. So I figured this time, after my nephew graduated high school and before he started college would be the perfect time to take him on a trip because Lord knows if he will ever have that kind of time for me again. So I had to take advantage of it. Now I can actually afford to do something like that. Now I'm not a six-figure entrepreneur who found their passion in their 20s or 30s and growing beyond my dreams. And if you are, I think that is amazing. That's just not my story. I still have a regular nine to five job in addition to this podcast. And this podcast has done for me something that's just so amazing because it's opened my eyes. And of course, the people that I've been fortunate to have opened my eyes to my passion. This, sharing stories and amplifying stories. And I didn't find that until I was well into my 40s. And this little passion of mine has helped me a little bit financially as well. And that's what paid to my for our trip to New York. Because why wouldn't I want to share what I have now with those I love the most? All of that to get to the reason why I named this podcast What NYC Taught Me before I even started writing down what I wanted to say, because it was honestly the first thing that popped into my head. And I think just even the reflection that I've done, right, prior to getting to this point in this podcast is significant. Because... You know, that's what happens. Wine break. Time to refill that glass and come back for more wine and cheese mix. Hey, mi gente. Gold Peak Real Brew Tea is here to unleash your sense of try. All right, can I be honest here? I'm not one who really drinks sodas, so if I'm not drinking water or wine, then you can usually find an iced tea in my hand. And since we're talking about unleashing my thirst to try something new, the next thing on my list is to go on a hot air balloon. The romance of seeing the world from that perspective makes my heart go pitter-patter. And since my other half is afraid of heights, it's something that I will probably have to try by myself or with a group of friends. So mi gente, tell me, what is on your try list? 
to learn a new language, to travel someplace you've seen in a magazine, your favorite show. Maybe it's just trying to make some time to pamper yourself. Ignite new passions and rekindle new ones. So try Gold Peak then, try something else because this taste is worth the try. Try Gold Peak. It had been really long since I was in New York. I've been a few times and I've grown significantly in so many ways that while I was in New York and while I was walking down, I was literally taking note of how certain things were making me feel while I was there. The last time I was in New York was close to 20 years ago. And obviously things have changed there. Things have have changed with me. And I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible because y'all know, again, I'm not about this solo podcast life, but there are some really valuable things that I learned and I wanted to share. And first and foremost, if you are the mother of a teenage boy, I salute you. I applaud you. Teenage boys are gross. And I think I kind of already knew that, but it's definitely a lesson learned. I love my nephews. Again, I love my nephews. Unbelievable. I I would literally die for them to protect them at all costs. But um, yeah, they're really gross. And I only had him for 10 days. So I'm so, so sorry of what you have to go through on the daily, not just of that, but of the one word sentences, like typical boy talk. And I found myself like, trying to think of different ways and different subjects to ask because, you know, those one word sentences of, yeah, whatever, uh uh-huh, I don't care. I don't care, Thea J. Whatever you want, Thea J. Will you give me a dang answer, please? But secondly, and here's the real stuff, I love New York. And if I'm being honest with myself and honest with you guys, if I would have moved to New York instead of Dallas, I probably would have stayed. The energy of the city is completely unexplainable if you've never been. And I fully intend to go back more often, but you know, now San Diego, San Diego's always been home and it fully is. My family's here, my heart is here, and you can't beat the wet. Well, I'm saying you can't beat the weather, but Lordy, we have been having a heat wave and it has not been cute. Let me tell you. So lo siento, New York. This Cali girl is staying in place. Not that you even care, not that you ever wanted me anyways, but... (laughs) You know, I learned that having a different energy around you can really kick you out of your funk. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own worlds with our own drama that we can't focus on the big picture how to or how to get out of that funk. But being in New York reminded me that I need to make an effort to get out of my head. And sometimes that means getting out of my little San Diego bu- bubble because growth comes from the uncomfortable. So I encourage you, no matter how little, no matter how small, reach for something new. Try something new. Get out of your comfort zone. Now, this second part, or this other part might sound weird because I feel like I'm a pretty confident person, but New York brought out a confidence in me that I didn't even know about. And that might sound a little bit weird, but it's true. Because while I was in New York, I realized I was walking a little taller and not only walking taller, I kind of was walking with this little swag. And apparently it was enough that I was asked several times how to get around, how to get around on the subway. Where was this? And PS, I actually knew where I was going on the subway and in the streets that I was at. So give me my New York City cred, okay? So I faked it, but I really made it. Well, kind of. And it just came naturally. I don't know. It was just, there's just something about that that city that just 
it just exuded out of me. And here is, I, I told you I wanted to keep this short. So let me just share this. One of the biggest things I feel like I continue to learn and I continue to remind myself, and I think we all need to, that reminder is to cherish every moment that you have. Whether it's time that you get to have for yourself or with your family or with your friends or taking that jog or that salsa class or whatever cooking class or whatever puts the pep in your step because you never know when that will be taken away from you. This is going to get a little emotional because the first time I went to New York was just before the one year anniversary of 9-11. And when I went for the first time and we went to the site, it was a giant hole that still had a little bit of twisted metal and the buildings around it were still in need of repair. And it was especially emotional because I lost a friend that day. And here I was the first time back in New York since the memorial was erected and I knew I had to go. I wouldn't have been able to think of anything else. So we went on our first full day in the city. And I told my nephew, we are looking for Juan Cisneros. That is the name that we're looking for. So he went one way and I went the other. And then he called me and said, Tia Jay, I think I found it. And I look across and he's waving his hands of where he's at. And I start to walk that way. And with each step, I feel the swelling, the swelling of emotion. And it was overwhelming. And I honestly didn't realize how powerful those emotions would be so many years later. And I get to his name and I see it. I'm walking towards it and I see Juan Pablo Cisneros. And instantly tears started pouring out of my eyes onto my face and like uncontrollable. I absolutely couldn't control because I was there for Juan. And not only was I there for Juan, I was there for everybody who knew and loved him, but wasn't, hadn't been able to get to the memorial yet, or maybe who would not ever get to get to the memorial. And it was so overwhelming. And I, I said, I took a picture and I sent it to my friends and I was like, I'm here for all of us because I was, I felt that. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say that Juan and I were super close at the time of his passing because we weren't. We lived very different lives, him in New York, me in Dallas, but we were friends growing up and I knew the person he was and how genuine and generous he was. And if I would have had the opportunity to see him again, if we were to run into each other as adults, I know he would have hugged me and wanted to know everything about me and not let me ask much about him because that's the type of guy he was. But I'm not going to bring you into my emotions and get all emotional like me. But it was just, I just feel like it was important to share because when we're talking about cherishing memories, again, we never know when our light is going to be dimmed. And it's so important that we live our life. We say this all the time, like we live, live our life to the fullest and we don't. We live in fear. We live in fear of failure. We live in fear of what people are going to think about us. We live in fear of losing something. And who wants to live like that? And I feel like I have to constantly remind myself, like, it's okay. It's okay to fail. We should fail. Because if we don't fail, we don't learn to get over the mistakes to bring us to our successes. 
And when we succeed after failure, that success is so much sweeter because we know that we worked hard for it and we deserve it. And whatever you're going through, be confident that you will get through it and you deserve the success. You deserve the gold at the end of that rainbow. And that's why the stories that I share here and that I try and amplify here, that's why I talk about how people grew up and the tough things they went to because I want you to know that you're not alone. There is somebody else who's going through that or who has gone through that and they have come out of it. And I want you to know that you can come out of it too. I want to thank the friends <laughs> that I was able to see while in New York. And I want to even thank the friends that I was unable to see, but I know I will soon. I felt at home, but also could not wait to get home. And I think one of the an additional lesson that I learned while I was in New York was that as long as I'm centered in what I'm doing, I'm home because I I have to be my own home. And the next trip with my nephew, who will graduate in three years, will be in a bigger hotel room where I'm not stuck under the vent and get sick because that's what happened. But whatever your home is, just know, just center yourself. Just believe in yourself. I believe in you. I believe that whatever you're going through, you're going to get through it. And I hope that you find encouragement and I hope you find inspiration in some of these stories that we share. And that's what NYC taught me. So until next time, mi gente, saludos. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media, at The Wine and Chisme on Instagram, and at The Wine and Chisme Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Chisme, subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.